Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 I love game one of series. I just love when we get to see the matchups, when we get to see how everything folds out. And in Denver and Phoenix, the one game that we get to talk about today from a sports betting player props, so a sports betting or a daily fantasy sports fantasy, right, perspective, there's a lot to take away from that Phoenix-Denver. And what I thought was Phoenix wins this series in five or six games because they just have so much offensive firepower. And when you look at it, this isn't a Denver Nuggets that you think of. They're missing, arguably, and I would say you don't have to argue that much to say they're missing two of their four most important players, especially when it comes to the postseason, indefinitely Jamal Murray. And yeah, Will Barton, right? You have Michael Porter Jr., you have Nicole Jokic. Maybe you could throw Monty Morris into that category for offensive reasons, but Will Barton and Jamal Murray not being there and Jamal Murray not coming back and Will Barton maybe comes back at some point. Maybe it's today. I'm projecting him for currently zero minutes. It puts them at a major disadvantage, but there's so many takeaways from the series. And we'll start on each team in this one. And let's just start alphabetical order with these two teams. Let's start with Denver. I'd appreciate it if you're tuning in and you enjoy this content. If you could just like and subscribe. Subscribe is really important because that allows you to join this community. Notification bell so you know when we're going live and posting some other content in the betting space. So you can be entertained, but also informed. So let's start with Denver in this one. And, and we'll talk about their minutes and my projected minutes on their rotation today. I don't expect too much to change. There's a chance you can see Monty Morris join the starting rotation over Austin Rivers. Rivers started that game out going on Devin Booker. Did not last long. And a matchup that I thought we might see, Aaron Gordon on Devin Booker, actually worked out pretty well. Now, towards the end of it, they started getting looks for Devin Booker. They started setting some screens. Aaron Gordon not being a small guard and not shifty, being a bigger small forward and really a power forward, right? A, a bigger uh, small forward is somebody took a little bit of a problem getting around some of those streams. Not as fast, not as nimble, not as quick. So Devin Booker is getting open shots late. And maybe they try and do that throughout most of the game, and maybe that isolates Aaron Gordon. But on defense, he's been fantastic in the postseason, and now the seven games that this Denver Nuggets team has played, and he's also been good on offense. Aaron Gordon is very quietly a strong piece and a strong reason why this team, he's arguably their best, second best or third best player, depending on the night Michael Porter Jr. wants to actually shoot on this team. He's been good on defense, and he's been great on offense. And he had Devin Booker on him on offense, and he kind of did whatever he wanted on Devin Booker. He was calling for the ball at times as he has a massive size advantage over Devin Booker when it comes to one-on-one -on -one driving and potentially posting up like he did a few times in this game. So Aaron Gordon, right from the start of it, we can talk about it momentarily, but he's somebody in the props market that I start to look at his props and say, okay, this is a guy that I do like in this series on both sides of the ball, but we saw it now on offense yet again. He's getting what he wants, and they need to rely on him more for offense because they're going to need a score. I mean, Phoenix in this game had a 129 offensive rating, right? They shot 13 and 34 from three and got hot down the stretch. 38% from three is more than fine. So we can start with Aaron Gordon, and then we can slide over to, let's look at the minutes right now. We can look at some of the minutes and talk about Mr. Nikola Jokic, the MVP. So Nikola Jokic wins the MVP. Maybe he comes out now and has an MVP performance. If they want to even this series up, it really does come down to Nikola Jokic because it's not like you're going to be relying on Campazzo or Jermichael Green to be the big big stars that take you over the edge, or at least you don't want to rely on that for a seven-game series, one game at most. But Nikola Jokic, I mean, in the first half, he was fine, especially in the defensive end against Aiton. He was just fine at best. Aiton kind of got what he wanted, but Aiton's touch all postseason in the last month of the year has been extremely impressive. The growth of Aiton, we can talk about more momentarily. Jokic, zero free throw attempts. That should change. I haven't projected for 38 minutes today, and I haven't projected as one of my yeses when it comes to daily fantasy sports, not really touching his props overall. But zero free throw attempts. There was only maybe one play in this game where it was aggressive enough that you thought he could have gone to the free throw line on a layup. This has kind of been the story all season long with Jokic not going to the line because he's just massive and any types of bumps that he has, which should be fouls, don't seem as important because he's just big and it doesn't impact him as much. So I do think that the zero free throw attempts will change, but we said it in the preview of this series in game one when we talked about it from a betting perspective in DFS. 
he said that if there's one center in the league that gives him problems, it's DeAndre Ayton, former first overall pick, right? Somebody that in his rookie year was not known for defense, as many rookies are not. And now he's evolving. And in that first series against Anthony Davis for two to two and a half games, and then whatever else they threw out there, he started to evolve in the postseason in his first postseason series, DeAndre Ayton. And now he's looking good. Nikola Jokic can't just back him down like he could against Yusuf Nurchic or his Cantor. So he's not backing down DeAndre Ayton, which is forcing shots further away from the basket, which is forcing more turnaround jumpers, which means less efficient shots. So Nikola Jokic, I'm not sounding the alarm for DeAndre Ayton, but when he's the one guy that you have to have going and somebody can somewhat stabilize him, especially down the stretch when Jokic was getting a little bit tired in the fourth quarter, that's a concern. That's a concern if you're a Denver Nuggets fan. You need him to be on nonstop and take advantage of what is likely the best matchup for your team, Jokic versus Ayton. And if Ayton is neutralizing that, oof, I mean, this series is going to be over in five games instead of six. I mean, maybe even four. So there's your breakdown on Nicole Jokic. I have him for about 56 fantasy points when it comes to your daily fantasy sports streets, his prop markets for the fantasy points right now, for the points, rebounds, all that type of stuff. If anything, you can take the over on his assists today. They're set at five and a half and six, depending on where you look. But that's obviously, you're going to have him getting dished out in the paint. He can dish it out to some open shooters. That's relying on guys to shoot better. And I do think Denver shoots better because we can slide over to the guy who shot the worst, Monty Moore shooting one of 10. Monty Moore's only played 23 minutes in this game. This is a guy who's coming off of games where he's playing 30 plus minutes nonstop. I'm giving Monty Morris, as you can see right here, I'm giving Monty Morris currently 28 minutes to play, which is a significant rise from his game one run, where he only got 23 minutes. But I don't think Campazzo is going to play 36 minutes again. I do believe that Monty Morris did not play because he doesn't offer much on the defensive side. They clearly needed that down the stretch when the game was somewhat close until the Suns 16-0 run to break this thing open. But then, Monty Morris, if you're not shooting on offense, what are you doing for me? You can't play defense. And the main reason why, being our second or third best offensive player on this team behind Jokic and right next to Michael Porter Jr. currently, if you're going to shoot one of 10 overall from the field, we can't have you out there so as long as Monty Morris doesn't shoot terribly again I think you'll get more assists obviously from this team Nicole Jokic feeding some assists to Monty Morris and I also think you'll get more minutes out of Mr. Monty Morris himself right now though at the exact or similar price point it's not exact I'll prefer Aaron Gordon at 6600 over Monty Morris at 62 but those guys are close definitely give me both those guys I just mentioned from a DFS perspective over Campazzo today Campazzo got big minutes in that last one which allowed him to have a decent performance he's not totally out of play but just when you factor in price points I don't expect those minutes to continue which means I don't expect the production to continue and then we can close it up with some other notes that are going to be pretty important Michael Porter Jr. hurt his back late in the second quarter, which probably contributed to him not playing that great down the stretch and not closing out the game. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. right now, if I pull this up from Popcorn Machine, you can see right above my head right now is Michael Porter Jr.'s run. The blue is when he's playing. The yellow is when he is not. And you can see right here, he doesn't play the final, what, nine minutes of the game? The final eight minutes and 22 seconds of the game right here, you can see he does not play. And that's because just his back, he was not as efficient and that's going to change. So if you're looking at the rates and saying, oh, Michael Porter Jr. didn't get the minutes, what's happening here? You can see that it was an injury. Maybe you didn't look a little bit deep enough into it, but it was indeed an injury so that's kind of why some of the minutes happened whether it was poor shooting for Monty Morris an injury for Michael Porter Jr. he did a nice job getting off of Bridges screens I kind of um, maybe uh, too much you know going over the top a little bit we're trying to entertain you but also inform you here I, I thought that he would be completely shut down by McCall Bridges and he got a couple early threes he got off of some screens but McCall Bridges was still fine on Michael Porter Jr. but he did a little bit better than I thought and going through the rest of this team I think you're going to see Austin Rivers continue to start there's a chance to go to Monty Morris but and if that's the case Monty Morris looks even better and Rivers looks even worse Rivers, I have today at 32 minutes of play. Paul Millsap, 12. Marcus Howard, who did hit a nice three in that last game at eight minutes. And then Jermichael Green at 22. So out of those guys, I'd prefer Jermichael Green, then Rivers, and really not anything from the other two fellows. So if you told me to rank my interest tonight from this team, from a showdown perspective, if you're a DFS fan out there, or somebody part of the community out there from the DFS streets... I would say that, yeah, don't play a lot of showdowns tonight. Play more props. And we can talk about a spot to play that in a second. It's just way less, uh, more, more stable, less variant. But I would rank it right now. Nikola Jokic, 
Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., assuming he is healthy, Monty Morris, and then you can throw the rest together from the Austin Rivers to the Jermichael Greens to the Campazos. Let's get now into the Phoenix side. Before we do, though, appreciate that you're still here. You can like and subscribe. Yeah, I'm going to be getting a lot more of my action down on props. And if you want to be playing props as well, there's no better place, and I'm being serious about this, to play than over on Price Picks because of the combinations and the different game modes that you can play over there and the amount of states that it's legal in. I'm looking at you, New York. Now, this is the only place that you can legally bet. And you can check it out down below, and you can just get free money if you want to be playing with to try it out for the NBA playoffs especially on these showdown slates i much prefer betting on props than playing showdown slates like it's not even close i'll probably have like two percent of my normal action maybe five percent on these showdown slates tonight a lot more is going to be filtered into the prop markets but right now early on in the prop markets this is what i'm looking at i'm waiting for some more props to come out when it comes to assists and rebounds and we could touch on those later on if you're in the patreon discord or if you have access to patreon's tools but right now aaron gordon over 26 points we kind of broke him down to a decent extent and We'll talk about it. This is kind of burying the lead a little bit. Chris Paul over 37 points. He's all the way back. He was on pace to play 38 plus minutes if he didn't check out with two minutes and 15 seconds left. And Devin Booker under 28 points, which we kind of talked about Aaron Gordon's success on him and how that halted him to score just 22 points, even with getting hot down the stretch. So those are the ones that I'm liking right now. If you want to take these or any other ones, you can use the code SAL. There's a link in the description below. It's very simple. You just take the over under on props. Use the code SAL, S-A-L, and any money you put in, they'll match you. You'll get free money to be betting with, to be wagering with, and to try and win some dollar rescues with. Run that shit up right now how you doing that code salad to know you came for me thank you price picks for sponsoring the l program today so now let's get into the phoenix side of this one where honestly phoenix had a lot going wrong and this is why you you feel really good if you're a phoenix fan they had a lot going wrong early in this game and in the first half and they still won it pretty easily now it took a 16 to 0 run late on in the second half to kind of put this one away win by 17 but they were playing sloppy in the first half. Devin Booker had five first half turnovers that led to a lot of points going the other way off of turnovers. And they just weren't shooting as well as they didn't get hot in the second half. I'm looking at you, McCall Bridges. Also, Devin Booker getting around some screens. So they started to figure out this series really at the halftime adjustments. And Devin Booker started to get a little bit more open looks. And Chris Paul started to come alive, not only from a shooting perspective, Chris Paul playing more minutes, but dishing out assists to people. He was finding the open McCall Bridges. And he's going to be able to find that a lot. And so will Devin Booker. So here's the thing to key in on right now in the series and why I think it's going to be a pretty quick one overall relatively you have amazing spacing with DeAndre Ayton on the court and that's not something you're used to hearing right a guy who doesn't shoot threes come out of the paint with spacing but the way that you make spacing work by having one guy on the court that has to stay in the paint is very similar to what they're doing with Giannis in Milwaukee Giannis is starting to shoot some threes but for the most part you drive to the lane and you kick it out right except in this situation they're working inside out instead of outside in so you have Aiton in the paint who's doing anything he wants on touch passes especially even in game one shooting nine of 13 69.2 percent very nice percentage against Mr. Nikola Jokic out there and I think that's going to continue he's just growing right now so when a guy in the paint is reliable for those twos and maybe gets to the free throw line you actually have to respect it you actually have to maybe send help at points or at least guard him one-on-one and when that's the case he can dish it out pretty easily and then the ball movement swings around and that's what they were doing in this series Booker was throwing it into Aiton Aiton 69% of the time in game one and into the other series was making his shots and when Booker wasn't doing that or when he wasn't he would kick it back out Aiton to Booker Booker would drive and then that's when you kick and you have some open shots on ball movement and oh yeah, that happened a shit ton in this game. It happened for McCall Bridges open shots. It happened for Jay Crowder open shots. It'll probably happen if Cam Johnson starts playing more minutes for more open shots for him and campaign. So they're going to have open shots. So the McCall Bridges shooting really hot like he did last time out. No, no, it's probably not going to happen again. I don't think he's going to shoot like 75% from three in this series, but he's going to get those open looks to at least have the ability to make some threes and get some volume when he plays a lot of minutes. So that's kind of the, the overall theory of what happened in game one and what's going to continue to happen because that's what's been happening in the postseason so far. Aiton is really coming into form. And Aiton looks fine in a lot of spots that I like. His overrun rebounds, if you could find it at like nine and a half anywhere, I'm seeing some 10 and 10 and a half. So there's a nine and a half out there if you can find the over on his rebounding props today. 
that's where I like Aiton the most. And DFS, he's fine. He's just not as much of a priority. And we got to talk about Chris Paul. I mean, we'll pull up right now the minutes from this team, and then we could pull up the rates on what you're seeing in the postseason so far. Chris Paul is all the way back. He played 35.2 minutes, 35.6 minutes in this game, and he checked out with two minutes and 14 seconds left. So he was on pace to play about 38 minutes. I have him at 37 today. Not shocked if he plays 38 to 40 minutes in this game. And he looked good. Not only did he make some nasty shots, but he was distributing the ball. He had 11 assists. He looked fantastic. I expect that to continue. He took advantage of Michael Porter Jr., which maybe Porter Jr injury kind of led to that being a little bit slower out there but he took advantage of him at times which is something that most teams try to do Chris Paul was all the way back in this game and that's good to see we kind of touched on it. he's probably gonna be 95% healthy since in the last game against the Lakers he looked 90% healthy and he looked to be 100% healthy Chris Paul right now is arguably my favorite play in the slate we already talked about over on price picks I'm taking the over 37 fantasy points out of Chris Paul I would also take the over eight and a half assists if you could find it out there I think it's nine on price picks that also seems fine for me. And now we can look at the postseason rates as they have now played six games in the postseason. This Suns team, we can look at the rates on what they're doing right now in terms of the minutes. It's filtered by who's playing the most minutes currently. And you can see it's similar to the regular season. Booker's averaging 1.1 fantasy points per minute from a fantasy perspective. And the one I really want to focus on is right here with Chris Paul. Chris Paul is averaging 1.01 fantasy points per minute. Chris Paul, this is obviously due to the fact that he was gimpy in about two to three of those games against the Lakers. He averages during the regular season 1.2 fantasy points per minute. That's going to come up. A 38.3% assist percentage a 19.5% usage rate. That's going to come up as he now gets healthier to the mid-20s. So this 1.01 fantasy points per minute, that's going to rise closer to 1.2 like it was during the regular season at the very worst, 1.1. So if you were somebody trying to project for props in the sports betting market today and in just the lines, but also daily fantasy sports, and you're going to go out there and you're going to say, oh, this is only going to be Chris Paul one fantasy point per minute at 37 minutes. Even that looks good, right, for 37 fantasy points, but he's going to be better than that. I have Chris Paul right now today, and I think I might be moderately or modestly projecting him. I'm at four. 40.4 fantasy points. It makes him easily one of my favorite, probably two plays in the slate right up there with Nikola Jokic. Might be my favorite play in the slate. We liked him a lot last time. He was a top three play for us and he went off. And now we know he's all the way back. I'm probably going to go right back to it. So my favorite plays on Phoenix today are going to be Chris Paul and then Jay Crowder. I think Jay Crowder gets a lot more open looks in this one. And after that, you can kind of cycle through the rest. I would probably go Booker, Aiton, Bridges. And I also have in a player pool, Cam Payne right now. I don't have any interest in Cam Johnson early on, although I do think he can see a little bit more minutes. You saw massive minutes out of McCall Bridges, but the fact that you've seen Chris Paul play bigger minutes, it hurts campaign. If Chris Paul's going to go out there today and play 36 or 38 minutes, there's not much meat left on the bone when you know Booker's playing 40 minutes for campaign. They're not going to run a small guard lineup, or at least I don't think they will with three guards on the court. So at that point, you're only looking at like 18 minutes at most of backup guard minutes. So even if you give them all to campaign, which is basically what happens here, he's only getting 18 minutes, not the 22 to 23 to 24 that he was getting in that first series when Paul was a little bit gimpy. So if you want to lean the unders on campaign, I think the markets are adjusting for it, but I don't think it's a terrible idea either. I barely mentioned Jay Crowder, but he does grade out really well for me for about 25 fantasy points today. He looks good. I, I, if you want to take the overs on Jay Crowder's threes today, I think that could be something that makes some sense. It's hard to project out who's going to get threes, but we know based on what happened in that first game, the spacing that Phoenix is able to have, their offensive rating being fantastic this whole postseason and when they've been healthy, you're going to get open looks from three. Not just for Chris Paul, who had a couple, not just for McCall Bridges, who absolutely went ham, but Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder as well. So with that being said, let's just kind of talk about the top four guys, since it's only a one game slate today. And you can see all the projections and rankings that I have for both DFS and player props. You can find them down below on Patreon. We have a lineup optimizer, which is going to help you build the best lineups. It's a very low price point, the most efficient you're going to find for all the value you get because it's just me out here and I don't got to charge crazy motherfucking prices. So this is the top four plays right now. Jokic, Crowder, Paul, and Aaron Gordon. Really no specific order, but kind of in a specific order. They're all very close to me. Those are my only four yeses on the showdown slate. I like them all a very much, a very much, a very much amount. So there you have it. Thank you for tuning in today. It's just a one game showdown slate. I do not expect to go live later today 
ready for the NBA because look, it's just one game. How much more can we talk about this series? So hopefully you're catching this right now. And if not, maybe we'll, we will go live and surprise you. If we do, it'll probably be an hour before lock. But before you go, hey, if you like this show, like and subscribe. I really do appreciate that. Best of luck tonight and support the sponsors of the program today, which is going to be first prize picks. We already talked about taking some of their props. If you use that code, Sal, you get the W money bonus up to $100. Rooskies. And then secondly, sponsored in part by Superdraft. They have $1,000 to first contest tonight. You don't have to worry about salaries. If from a fantasy perspective, all you have to do is go out there and build a lineup. You just build a lineup and it doesn't matter about salaries. They're multipliers only. If you use the code Sal and you put in any money, they'll give you a free $25 to play with, which this contest is only $15. You can play in this one and then another one if you'd like, $6,000 in total. And this is what a lineup in Superdraft would look like. It's just multiplier base. You choose a captain who gets one and a half times the points, and then you go out there and fill out the rest. These are guys that I like early on right now. Some strong options over on Superdraft. Obviously, Nicole Jokic is going to look good, but McCall Bridges stands out for me. DeAndre Ayn stands out for me over there on Superdraft right now, and so does Chris Paul. You can fill out the final spot on your own. I personally will be putting Michael Porter Jr., but now that everybody knows that, you might not want to build the same lineup as everybody else, but these are the types of plays that look really good. These would be four of my six yeses currently right now over on Patreon. Superdraft, use that code style. Again, 25 bucks right there, smacked in your bank account. Thank you for tuning in, gang. This shirt's popping. You're all popping out there. Happy motherfucking Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. Oh, well, see you in the next one. It's actually Wednesday. Peace out. Yo.